open your Bibles to the passage uh, that Shannon and Chris referred to already, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Just a few verses from that passage, verses 23 to 26. And we want to focus today on being a radical community. We are a radical community because we are a cross-centered community. That's our focus for today. We've wanted this whole service for Thanksgiving to be focused on the cross and on communion. That's what we've been singing about and focusing on. And this is just going to be a short message today to look at these few verses, 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 26. It says, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The first thing I find fascinating about these verses is verse 23, where Paul tells us, I received from the Lord. The teaching that he's about to write here to the Corinthians, he's saying, I got this directly from Jesus. Now let's remember that Paul wasn't one of the 12 disciples who were with Jesus when they were in that upper room at the Last Supper, the place where Jesus is being quoted here from. Uh, Just before he went to the cross, it was there at the Last Supper that he instituted this memorial thing that we do that we call communion or the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Table. Jesus initiated that at the Last Supper. Paul wasn't there. But here in 1 Corinthians, he's going to re-emphasize and re-teach what Jesus had already emphasized to his disciples and for us as a church. But he starts by saying, I got this from Jesus. Now that's really interesting and it it should give us pause. It's not the only place that Paul refers to the fact that he received direct revelation from Jesus Christ. His whole conversion happened in this way. Do you remember he was on the road to Damascus? He was a Pharisee. He was a Christ hater, a Christian hater. He was persecuting Christians. He stood by and watched Stephen, one of the Lord's people, be stoned. He gleefully went from town to town to arrest Christians, thinking he was somehow doing God's work. But in the middle of that trajectory, Jesus himself appeared to Paul, first known as Saul, Acts chapter 9. And he sees this bright light, the appearance of Jesus, allowed him to see his glory for a moment, allowed him to hear his voice. And through that experience, Saul was converted to Jesus The Christ that he used to think as a cult leader now became his savior and he loved Jesus and he became one who loved the church and loved the gospel and took the message all over the world. He gave his life for this message. So he was no stranger to special revelation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it's a place where he's, uh, in his own words, he's boasting because the Corinthians at that stage had begun to question whether Paul was a legitimate apostle And so for a chapter or two, he starts to boast about his experiences as an apostle. And at the start of chapter 12, he says, okay, now I'm going to go on to revelations. Meaning, I'm going to start to talk about, for a moment, 
all the ways that God himself, Christ himself, has revealed things to me supernaturally. This is one of those things. The remembrance of Christ in the breaking of bread is something that Jesus revealed supernaturally to Paul. So I ask you, how important is it? How important is it if Jesus at the Last Supper asked us to remember him in the breaking of bread? If it was something he taught his disciples, and then it was something that he revealed to someone like Paul after the fact, supernaturally, before the scriptures were completed, to ensure that the church would know the importance of this act, to remember Christ in the breaking of bread and in the sharing of the wine. It tells us how important it is in the mind of Christ. Paul shows us how important it is here in this passage, and we don't have time to look at all the details of that. Some people have said, why do we focus on the cross? I have been in places where I, I was at a communion-type service and heard someone say, this is morbid. Like, we should focus on the resurrection, like Jesus is alive. Why are we focusing on his death? And the answer is right here in this scripture, it's because he asked us to. He asked us to remember him and specifically remember, remember him in his death. How do we know that? Well, look at the symbols that are given here. Jesus gave these at the Last Supper. Paul reiterates these. Verse 23, Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Luke's Gospel would say, which is given for you. The bread is the body of Christ. I suppose bread looks a little bit like flesh or similar tone for some of us at least. How is bread made? It's made by the gathering of kernels of wheat and crushing them into flour and mixing them into bread. How is the bread distributed? It's distributed when somebody breaks it. Some of us remember the days when someone actually handled the bread and broke all these pieces. Now we get them all cut up for us. But it used to be that somebody, in at least the churches I grew up, somebody would literally take that, that loaf and break it apart, and you hope they wash their hands. The breaking of the bread is a symbol of the breaking of the body of Christ. And then, of course, we see the second symbol is the wine. We use grape juice, which is meant to represent the blood of Jesus, and obviously the colors are similar we think of the wine made by the crushing of the grapes. We think about how it's shared and distributed by being poured out and consumed. These, brothers and sisters, are symbols of death. These are not symbols of resurrection. These are the symbols. We call this uh, one of the important uh, commitments of the church that we would do this regularly. There is no memorial to the resurrection. Now, let's be honest, the apostles preached the resurrection because that was one of the primary ways that they convinced people of the truth of the gospel. Jesus died and rose. But when it came to remembering Christ, he asked us to remember his death with these symbols, clearly symbols of the death of Jesus. This is what he's asked us to do. 
if you struggle with this, then simply go to the book of Revelation and look at chapter 5 and then see how Jesus is referenced thereafter in the book of Revelation. In chapter 5, we see a heavenly scene where Jesus approaches his father at the throne and he's depicted there in heaven as a lamb as though it had been slain. Jesus, even after he had received his resurrection body when some of his apostles doubted whether this was real, he went to Thomas and said, put your finger into the print of the nail. Folks, when I get my resurrection body, I don't anticipate scars. I don't anticipate arthritis or all the other ailments that you and I might have. But for Jesus, the scars of his death remain. And I believe that someday we will see him face to face. We will see hands that still bear the prints of the nails because for all eternity we will never forget that it was only because of the cross of Christ that we could find our way into the eternal presence and family of God. So if you doubt whether we should be cross-focused here in our church in our day, remember that for all eternity, we will continue to be cross-focused. Notice Jesus says here, and Paul reiterates it, Jesus said, do this. Do this in remembrance of me. This is something that is of primary importance for us as believers. And when we do this regularly here at our church, obviously we want to physically do it. But we want to do it from our heart. We want to enter into the purpose for which it was intended. And Paul gives us a little hint of that. Reiterating the words of Jesus in which he says that by doing this we remember him. But then notice verse 26. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I want to suggest to you today that a radical church community is radical because we are cross-centered. And we will never apologize here for being a cross-centered church. We are all for Christ. In fact, our all-for-Christ symbol uh, depicts this idea of being cross-centered because the arrow revolves around that cross. We will never apologize for this. This is the teaching of Scripture that we would always remember Jesus giving his life for us on the cross. Now, why is that? Why is it so important for us to look again and again at the cross of Jesus? Is there really benefit to this? Is God attempting to kind of wipe my face in my sin by making me look at Jesus, see him suffering there for me? Is that what's happening here? And I would say no. What happens when we look at the cross is that our lives are transformed. There's actually two amazing stories embedded right in the, in the Gospels as they depict the death of Jesus at the cross. One of them is found here in Luke 23, where it says that one of the criminals who hung there, remember Jesus had two criminals, legitimate criminals, one on his left, one on his right, and one of those criminals who hung there hurled insults, but the other criminal rebuked him, don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he turns to Jesus and says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
Now, what is astounding about this, we don't see here. We actually have to go to the Gospel of Matthew to see it. Because in the Gospel of Matthew, what we find is that both criminals railed against Jesus and ridiculed Jesus and mocked Jesus just like everybody else was. When people mocked him and said, hey, you're the son of God, come down from the cross. Matthew tells us both criminals were doing that. But here in the Gospel of Luke, at a point that's much later in the scene, much later during the crucifixion, Jesus was alive on the cross for six hours. And somewhere near the end of that time, one of the criminals has a change of heart. Why? Because he was probably just 15 or 20 feet away from the Son of God on the cross. And as he and his criminal counterpart swore and cursed and and rained down uh, their curses on the Roman soldiers who were crucifying them, they heard the guy in the middle say this, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And somehow, after watching Jesus on the cross, and I can just imagine this guy keeps looking over, keeps looking over, even as he was mocking him and ridiculing him, keeps looking over and he sees a man on the cross and he sees a sinless man. He sees a man who's full of love. He hears him look down at his own mother, provide for his own mother by having John take her in as his own. He looks again and he looks again and by the end of it he says, Jesus, I believe you have a kingdom. I believe you could bring me into that kingdom even as you hang here on a cross dying. This man's mind was changed. His heart was changed because he saw Jesus on the cross. It's a picture for us of what happens when we look at the cross of Christ. And then Mark has another story. The centurion. This is the general who was in command of this whole messy affair. And all the soldiers reported to him who were there around the cross doing this awful deed of crucifying these three men. The centurion was in charge. And look how it says it here in Mark's gospel when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Lives are changed by looking at the cross of Jesus. Have you ever thought about this? I mean, maybe you've had this experience as you've come to a time of communion at the church. Have you ever come to a time of communion? You're going through some hard stuff in your life and maybe you were questioning whether God really loved you. I mean, if God really loved me, would he be letting me go through this pain? Like, why, why do I have to suffer like this? And then we come to communion and we gaze up at the cross and we think about Jesus giving his life there for us and we are reminded again, yeah. In fact, Paul wrote it in the book of Romans. God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Or maybe you've come on a Sunday morning and entered into communion and the reality was you were fearful for your own salvation. You were lacking assurance. Maybe you felt that you weren't good enough. You were struggling to know, have I really 
believed and then we come back again to communion and we gaze up at the cross and we hear again this good news message that Jesus there died in our place and when it was all over he could say it's finished and we're reminded again that I'm right with God not because of something that I'm doing or how I'm performing but I'm right with God because of what Jesus did at the cross and he did it all If you're here today and you think in your own heart that the way to peace with God, the way to forgiveness with God is, well, yes, it's partly through the cross, and then the other part is through me. It's what I accomplish. It's my religion. It's my righteous deeds. Then I call you again this morning to the cross to look up at Jesus, a perfect, divine man, suffering the most cruel and horrific human death, and proclaiming at the end, it's finished. And realize that you could never add anything to what he did there for you. In fact, if we had some ability to achieve standing with God by our own righteousness or religion, Jesus never would have died. The good ones would have made it. Of course we know. No one would be good enough except for Jesus. No, he was there because we can't make it on our own. Are you here today? You're battling with sin. You're struggling with pornography or some other sin issue in your life. And you're discouraged and you feel like there's no hope. But we come again to the cross and we see Jesus suffering and dying there for us. And we hear Paul say these words. That we were crucified with Christ. That our old self was crucified with Christ. Romans 6. Therefore we should reckon ourselves dead to sin. To realize that at the cross the power of sin has been destroyed in my life. That I don't have to, I, I don't have to live under the power of that sin because Jesus gave his life for that sin. And we gain hope again to keep fighting that battle and to look to Christ and to remember again my old self was crucified. You see, the point I'm making is it doesn't matter what our spiritual struggle is. It doesn't matter what our emotional struggle is. If you're here today and you're struggling with depression or anxiety, what's the answer? The answer is to look, look at the cross. You're depressed and you wonder what's, li- what's worth living for. And We look at the cross and we see Jesus giving his life there for us and we see the most beautiful, glorious event, uh, messy as it was, the central event in all history. And we see God saying to us through Christ, I love you and I have a plan for your life. We need to look to the cross again and again. Reminds me of a couple of of old hymns that I grew up singing and I don't know if I'll even be able to read these words but and true of so many of the songs we sing but here's one that I remember alas old English I'm sorry it's old English did my savior bleed notice it's a question here did my sovereign die can't believe it dumbfounded that the the God of heaven would die and bleed? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? People take that word out nowadays. Was it for crimes that I had done he groaned upon the tree? Amazing. 
grace untold. Love beyond degree. Here's an old brother in him. I don't think I can read this. I can never sing this. I can't, I can't get through the verse. But this is what happened at the cross. Jehovah God poured out his wrath on Jesus so that we could be free. He lifted up his rod. Christ, it, it fell on thee. You were sore stricken of thy God. But not one stroke for me. Your tears, your blood beneath it flowed. Your bruising healeth me. This is the cross. And we will never apologize for being a cross-centered church. And the more we celebrate and remember and consider the cross, the more our lives will be transformed today. Are you here today and you've never trusted in Christ? Have you never come to him to realize that he is the only way that we can be saved from our sins? He, he is the only way because of what he did at the cross, because he took our place, he took our punishment there at the cross. This is the only way for you to be saved, to be right with God. Look to the cross. And for those of us who have, look to the cross and be transformed. Let's sing one closing hymn uh, to complete our service this morning. talks about the gallery of faith, those witnesses, those examples of the faith, and then he encourages us, us to, to run with endurance the race that is set before us. But it's not in our own strength that we run that race. It is by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Father, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the shame that Jesus endured for our sakes. Thank you for your willingness to give your own son so that we might have life and have access to you. Father, would you help us to keep our eyes fixed on the cross, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who has invited us into this faith, who has made it possible for us to have this faith, and would you give us the strength that we need to endure day by day. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for Thanksgiving. Let's continue to exhort one another, to admonish one another with songs if you want to or with words of encouragement. Let's celebrate Thanksgiving remembering the cross. Thank you for joining us.